Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning to everyone who is joining me online or via call in. I thank you so much for joining me this morning. Today we have a awesome, awesome guest, uh, Pastor Pamela Lewis from out of Washington, D.C., Maryland area, and the pastor of Shared Words Shows Love out of Washington, D.C. Um, I'm going to bring her on, and we're going to go forth. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise, and we say thank you for another day to come before you. Father, we thank you for every listener, every podcast listener, every internet listener that has decided that it's not robbery to call in today. Father, we thank you for the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that will be gathered from this broadcast. I thank you for my guest speaker. God, we just bless you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Pastor Pam? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, blessed and highly favored one? I am wonderfully well anointed and appointed one. And uh, as you know, not being a morning person, I was so excited about this broadcast and sharing with your audience that uh, I was like a child at Christmas and couldn't sleep. Because I wanted to make sure that uh, I didn't miss anything. (laughs) Amen, amen. I did see you log on this morning. Praise God. Um, As we both know, this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but we also know that that is an epidemic and a crisis that is in the earth and is every day. Every country, every race, culture, it doesn't matter who you are. At some point in life, you may be affected by domestic violence, whether it's yourself or someone you may know. So what we want to do is um, I'm going to be quiet um, and let you introduce yourself in your own way and just go forth with what the Lord has given you to share with our audience today. Amen? Amen. Well, good morning, listeners. God bless you for not considering robbery to be up this early. Uh, Some people, it might be late to listen to this broadcast. I am Pastor Pam, the founder and servant of Shared Word Shows Love Ministries in the Washington, D.C. area, but I don't... um, believe that ministry is restricted by locality boundaries, so wherever I am, the Spirit of the Lord is. In sharing and and having met uh, Apostle Gloria, uh, we came to find out that we both share a lot of things in common. One, unfortunately, was our situations, but now we are victorious 
over domestic violence. And so my story started years ago when I was uh, desiring of being married and someone proposed to me. I ultimately accepted it and uh, had kind of a twisted mindset because this person started the relationship in somewhat of a stalking manner and I married them anyway thinking well if I marry them then they'll go away. As I said it was kind of twisted thinking and uh, we were married for seven years. I don't consider him a husband. I I consider it my first name change because a husband would not treat your wife the way I was treated. And it's not that he put his hands on me physically until the very end, but I was victimized by financial abuse because he didn't want me to work. And so that meant I was being given an allowance and I had been working since I was 11 years old. That didn't last very long because I went back to work quickly uh, so I could have my own money. I was isolated, and it was self-isolation because I was tired of being accused of being places I never heard of any and almost every time I went out. It was psychological abuse because of the accusations, it made me think, okay, well, is it me? Maybe if I do something different, he will realize that I love him. Um, It was the emotional, it was withholding, it was stalking, it was, you name it, aside from physical because he didn't put his hands on me but I was very active in a lot of different things as well as very involved in my church to the point that when I would go to Bible study and come home when he would get home The great I heard, whoever that was, had always seen me somewhere else or seen me with people that I did not know when I'm sitting in the sanctuary. So I went so far as to stop going to Bible study at my church and have Jehovah's Witnesses come in so that I could study God's word. And, of course, you know, they they have different beliefs. in their faith about who Jesus is. And I want to say, despite whatever their beliefs are, Jehovah Witnesses are not exempt from being victimized by domestic violence. So it is no respect of persons. And as a result of what I went through, being a child of God, being in the church, people looking at me weekly while I would kind of sit over in the corner and weep a little bit and they would say oh she's just filled with the spirit I I came to realize that the faith beliefs and the body of Christ are have their own crisis in that people are not recognizing that they have 
people who are sitting right amongst them who are in the midst of violent situations and they're suffering in silence, some of it because of shame, some of it because the victimizer might be in the pulpit or on the deacon board. Some of it, and of course, we want to protect our husband's reputation. We want to be like that proverb, so young woman, and make sure that our husband's name is great in the gate. Uh, So we will not disparage their reputation. But more than that, I came to realize that there are a lot of houses of worship that have no idea what to do when they encounter someone who is in this situation other than for them to say, I'm going to pray for you or to use God's word even as a weapon to continue the victimization by uh, asking, well, what did you do? Or by saying things like, well, you got to go back because God hates divorce. And so you're left thinking that this is my lot in life that I'm going to have to stay uh, and be victimized until death do us part. But let me just share with the listening audience, there are all kinds of deaths that take place. There are physical deaths. There are emotional deaths. There are spiritual deaths. People are dying in the pews and out in the streets every day, their own type of death. And so while we stand before witnesses and say that we're going to be married till death do us part, rest assured that when you are being victimized, that's indicative that some sort of death has taken place. And so Shared Word Shows Love has kind of embarked on a campaign, so to speak, to work with churches, excuse me, and to partner with them to benefit of trainings that I have been privileged to be a part of to raise awareness, number one, of what domestic violence looks like. Because if you were to look at me, you would have no idea what I've been through. And second, to make them aware of resources that are available in their respective areas. I had the opportunity to be at a church in the Brookland area of Washington, D.C. this past Tuesday, and I asked the question as I had shared my testimony, how many people in the Bible study knew of any resources to help someone who was a victim of domestic violence, and only one person raised their hand. And I said to that congregation, how sad would it be if someone came to the church and this one person was not there to be able to share with them the whatever resource information they had? We have to not just equip and empower God's people with the word. We need to give them the tool as well. We need to start to understand that we have to 
partner with the community in order to really spread the gospel, which is nothing more than the love of God through Jesus Christ. And that's one way that we do that. We are able to share God's love by pointing people not just towards Christ, but towards the things that they are in need of. Because your church might not have a food pantry, but you know the church three blocks away does. Your church might not have a, a clothes closet. But you know the church uh, around the corner does. And so if we're not partnering with other houses of worship and or social service agencies or uh, just the community uh, that does outreach in general, we are really missing opportunities to show God's love to people. So Amen. That, that's Pastor Pam and shared word shows love in a nutshell. We share the word of God by showing the love of Christ. And sometimes we might have to use words. Amen. 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 I, if you don't mind, we do open up the phone lines. If there are any, if there are any callers who would like to Join the conversation or maybe have a question for Pastor Sam. Please press 1 and I can bring you live. Um, as I said in the beginning, this is an issue that faces everyone at some point in time in their life, whether we know someone, heard about someone, or dealing with it ourselves. And as we go forth with this problem, because it doesn't matter how much money you have, um, you still can be affected by it. Now, if you don't mind, Pastor Pam, can I ask you, um, this doesn't even matter your education level, correct? No. Uh, domestic violence is, again, no respecter of person. Uh, economic status does not matter. Educational status does not matter. Race ethnicity, religion, none of that matters um, because domestic violence is an issue of someone wanting to assert control over another individual. And let's be clear as well, what you and I talk about really is more intimate partner related violence because domestic violence could be my brother is beating me to a pulp. My brother or my mm -hmm. sister is taking all my allowance and giving me a penny when she knows that that included my lunch money and now I'm going to be hungry at school. Uh, domestic violence could be you've got older children who come back to live with you or grandchildren that you're having to raise that are not giving you your medication that you need while you're having an asthma attack because you won't give them money to buy crack or whatever their, their uh, ill of choice is. And so 
Uh, It's a lot of things that people don't think about when they hear the word domestic violence. They usually think of the intimate partner relationship violence. Exactly. And when we look at that, and I think that's that's the only face that, like you said, people relate it to, but it has such a broad spectrum. There's so many branches that grow out of that domestic violence issue. And when you look at, let's look at intimate partner right now, what would you tell or say to a young woman or a young mother that has a desire to leave, knowing she needs to leave, he's threatening her life. What would be a couple of steps that she may be able to follow starting today to be able to prepare to make that move or make that exit? And as you said, in the church, a lot of people don't understand it. And they may want to tell her to go back or, you know, God hates divorce and, you know, use the Bible as a weapon, as you said. So how would you minister or guide that, whether it's a young woman or old woman who has finally decided it's time to go? God wants us to be safe. He wants us to prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. And somebody beating you across the head is not indicative of you prospering and being in good health when you've got a gas in your head. And so I, I tell people to be prayerful and be safe. Uh, if you are thinking about it, there are things called escape plans that give you some direction and guidance on things that you need to consider, like making sure you have copies of the important records, making sure, yeah, the practical things, not just the spiritual things, because while we are in this world and not of this world because of our faith walk, we still have to operate in this world sometimes as if we are of this world. And so if that means that uh, your mate knows about your bank accounts, then you open up another one somewhere else that they don't know about so you can start to put some money aside in the case you have to run quickly. If you need to have another set of keys that maybe you keep at your job or someone that you trust to hold on to, that you have Uh, some clothes somewhere outside of the home. You know, a lot of times things that go to the dry cleaners don't necessarily come back in. Uh, If these are the things that you are really planning to leave, and I hate to use the term make an escape, but sometimes that's exactly what it amounts to. So um, be prayerful, stay safe, watch, pray, and work on executing your plan so at the uh, desired time when you feel, okay, I've got enough things in place, I feel like I will be safe enough, uh, at least in the short term, then that's when you should make a move because you got to make sure, especially if there are children involved, safety first. You know, God first. But but in in the world scheme of things, safety first. 
for yourself and for your loved ones. Yeah, you brought up a, a good point when it, when there are children involved. And I was talking with um, one of our prayer partners, and this was a question, and this was a topic brought up, is if it's so bad, situations are bad, and the domestic violence is going on, why do women continue to uh, have children or continued uh, sexual activity with their partner? Well, because in some instances, it's forced. Uh, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was when uh, my first man changed, he put a gun to my head and told me that I was going to make love to him because it would be the last time I made love to anybody. And I looked at him and said, at best, it would be marital rape. And if you didn't kill me right then, I would press charges. And so that night, there was me, a gun, and him. And he did not touch me because he knew, and and as people know, I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. And so, uh, and, and unfortunately, Apostle Gloria, some people, even though they're in the midst of the mess, it might be that they are repeating history. It's what they know. And and I'm sure you've probably encountered people who say, well, it, he hit me because he loved me and I did something. It is never your fault that somebody is abusing you. Uh, so don't take that ownership. But my fear is some people are repeating what the the situation and the scenarios that they have grown up with. And so that becomes their norm. And so instead of breaking the cycle, they continue to live what they are familiar with. Okay. Now, another question is, have you, what are the chances that the abused or the victim will then become the victimizer and start their own trend of abuse? That happens quite frequently because some people, once they are no longer being victimized, have the mindset, nobody's ever going to be able to do this to me again. And so they then become proactive in victimizing whoever they're in the next relationship with to offset the chance of them, I'm going to do them before they do me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about um, getting out, we talk about counseling, and a lot of people don't agree with counseling. We know that God can heal and deliver immediately. But wouldn't you agree that having some kind of support group or counseling with someone who truly understands and would have the tools to help you get past this would be a good idea. Without question, which is why uh, my my most recent and current academic pursuit is my doctorate in Christian psychology and counseling for that very reason. Unfortunately, um, even though now more and more people of color and, and not just African Americans, just people of color in general are being more open to counseling, 
um, we still need to, as people of faith, have God in the midst as well as the the things of the world as that mixture where you can share, get what you need from both sides. And group is really a great place for that because you're with people who understand. And a lot of times people don't want to share because they think nobody would understand. Well, if you're in a room full of people who've been through a situation, then yeah, I, I think they understand pretty well. And it can be part of your healing process. Awesome. Awesome. Now, we've talked in the past, um, and the question that we, you know, I had asked, and it came from our working together, and when we asked what was the church's responsibility when it came to domestic violence, and I think I shared with you that the pastor that I spoke with didn't know what their responsibility was, and even if they had one. What would you give to those leaders who may, like you said, may not even know how to deal with it when it's in their midst? Well, one of the things that I can say is that there are people in positions that are designated reporters. They have a requirement to report things that they are made aware of. And uh, the last time I looked, pastors fell into that category, um, just like educators have to or are required reporters if they have students in their environment who appear to be victims of abuse, of any kind of abuse. So we have to report things. People might okay. not like that. <laughs> no, they won't. Um, I know that to be true, being in child care, if I witness any of my children, the children in my care, um, if I notice anything, like you said, that resembles abuse, it is my job. I am, you know, bound by law to report that. Do you, do you think that an abuser or offender or whatever label we may want to give them, do you really think that there's help for them? Yes. There's help for everybody. And the first step for them is owning up to their responsibility, what they did, not laying blame uh, if they hadn't burned my shirt, if they hadn't burned the dinner, if they hadn't gone out the house when I told them to stay in, you know, whatever their their thing is. Own that what what your role was and that was I'm trying to control this person and I'm going to do it at all costs. You know, you said something earlier about uh, a learned behavior um, with the victim. Would you say that that would be one of the same problems for the abuser. This was something that he saw growing up. Uh, 
and with um and also with alcohol and drugs. A lot of people might think that this only happens when alcohol and drugs are involved, but we both know the person can be sober and not even drink anything. That's right. He'll be very and, and here's the thing, Apostle Hawkins, and I, you know, I just call you Apostle Glory. Um, sometimes, it's, sometimes it's definitely a, a learned behavior because if you grow up in a household where you saw the man beat on your mother, um, then and she stays, that then becomes an acceptable behavior in your mind. So that means that's what you're supposed to do. If you love okay. them, so you heard them say, of, um, "I love this you." Morning. <laughs> and we're gonna have to do this one again so we can go forth with more information. Um, I didn't even get it all out, but to God be the glory. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Um, like I said, we only have a little bit of time, but I want to ask you if you would pray us out and. The call is probably going to disconnect at that point. Um, I went over, but could you just pray us out and we'll revisit this again? Yes. Gracious God, we are so thankful for the time that we have shared, uh, understanding how we need to live the victorious life in you. God, I'm asking that all those who are being victimized, that you keep your watchful hand and your protective hand, your watchful eye over them, letting them know that they are not alone, that they are loved, that you love them, and it's not their fault. Keep them safe. By your might, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me us this morning. If you would like to reach me or like more information, please contact me via Facebook at Gloria Hawkins at Facebook.com. Tell them Ministries is also on Facebook, and you can visit us on the web. God bless you. God bless you. Pastor Pam, um, what I want to do is get your information and add it to your contact information and add it to the post that we have on Facebook, if you don't mind. Of course not. All right. Well, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you so very much. And we will talk soon. I love you back. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.